Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I'm speaking with Megan Hines, an autism mom who has been dedicated and passionate about creating accepting and inclusive environments for a son on the spectrum. She's also going to share a super cool way that she's been able to connect with her son through art. And also a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend. That's how we make our voice stronger. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism, but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive, we nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. I first connected with Megan Hines on her Instagram page entitled Above Typical. It's a page that she created to inspire others and connect through autism, art, and honesty. A place to laugh and to learn. She shares the real, unsugar-coated everyday life of her family, and I love how she's taken a somewhat unique approach in bonding with her son through her art. I can't wait for her to share her story on how she fell into this. Please welcome this episode's amazing guest, Megan Hines. Megan, it's such a pleasure to have you today. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I just got through telling you that uh, I've been friendly stalking you um, (laughs) for a little bit because I just love how brutally honest you are on your social media platforms and how you've been able to really just genuinely connect with your son. Um, I'll kind of back up a little bit, but I definitely want to hear your whole story about that. I want you to tell everybody where you're sitting right now, like where you're located, how you started this whole journey. Yeah, so I am on Orcas Island which is in, I'm actually closer to Canada than the United States. Um, I live on this beautiful, small island community. Uh, There's about 20 islands kind of in our little region here. We're northwest of Seattle. So this is kind of where we landed, and that was a big part of um, our journey with my son. So he was born in Montana, Mm -hmm. and we started to see some signs, you know, early on with him that, uh, things were going to be a little bit different. Um, the thing that really stuck out was he had a lot of visual sensory input needs and kind of stimulation. He would pick up sticks and roll them in his fingers and kind of feel them and then move them on the corner of his eyes. He still does this with just about everything. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and he all the things of uh, that you kind of hear from other parents, like... Um, He just didn't really play, didn't really interact with us, Um, you know, had a hard time communicating. He'd kind of throw a ball and he'd act like he didn't even really see it. You know, it was kind of things that when you have a one-year-old, you're thinking, oh, no big deal. Right. Yeah, you're exactly (laughs) right. That's not exactly how I pictured this going, but (laughs) (laughs) no big deal. Yeah. But then, of course, you get to the speech part and that's where it kind of hits you in the face where, you know, you start seeing the developmental guides at the pediatrician and you're like oh we're not really doing any of these things so so when he was about two I went to the pediatrician and I had already done a little bit of reading on autism and I thought wow I think this is exactly what we're dealing with Mm -hmm. Uh, and when we went to his two-year checkup I mentioned it to the pediatrician and she said no that's definitely not it just get him some speech therapy 
And so at that point, I kind of looked at my husband and said, I'm not sure if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. So we started looking at some of the services in Montana and some of the preschools around us. And, and at the time, we lived in a, you know, 20 acres up in the mountains, which is, wow. uh, you know, not ideal probably for raising an autistic son either. So um, we up and moved out here to Washington. It, it literally took us about five months after that appointment with a pediatrician and I got a great job out here and we have a beautiful home and uh, we're not stuck in the snow 10 months out of the year. So <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a, it's a nice change, but yeah, it's, it, we definitely uprooted and you know, it's a small community. So we have quite a few challenges when it comes to services and things, but we do have Seattle fairly close and, um, and services that we can get to a little bit easier for sure. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's awesome. <laughs> now, how old is your son today? So he is seven. Okay. And we got his diagnosis when he was three. Okay. And was that in Seattle? It was in Seattle. Yeah. So the minute we moved out here, I got him um, enrolled in the local child care um, place just to start interacting him socially. And they were a huge help. Um you know, right away they noticed that he had special needs and they couldn't come out and say that it was autism just because, you know, they can't do that. But they were like, here, mm -hmm. call this nurse, talk to these people. So it was, you know, a painful process like I think a lot of us go through. I was sure. calling places in, um, we call it the mainland. So it was calling places <laughs> um, in Seattle and on the mainland about, you know, and it was year waiting lists and all of this. And I was, trying to get a diagnosis by the time he was three so I could get him transitioned from um, the early childhood services to the public school. Yeah. And um, so it just so happened my sister knew someone that was the wife of a doctor at the Autism Center in Seattle, so I was just on, on a rampage. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I eventually found a private... Uh, psychologist and she I still love her to this day contact her just with random questions and we take my son to see her and I'll never forget we walked into her office and we all sat down and I thought oh we finally made it here but now what yeah um and she said oh he doesn't play and I just broke down I was Aww. like yep <laughs> that's that you get it finally you know yeah. it was a year process of moving and trying to find a diagnosis and getting him what he needs. And I think a lot of us, you know, obviously special needs parents just know you're just in this haze of, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, but you're also moving at a million miles a minute trying to do anything you can. So yeah, she was amazing and gave him the diagnosis pretty quickly. And so we just kind of moved on from there. It's right. so interesting because I had just about the mirror image experience with my son, you know, taking him to the pediatrician and saying, you know, these are some of the things I'm seeing and you may not be able to see it. And the 
20 minutes that you spend with him here or 15 minutes that you spend with him. But these are the things. And I, I feel like they're pretty atypical and, you know, just kind of shrugging off and saying, oh, no, it's, it, you know, he, he needs some first steps like speech therapy and occupational therapy, maybe. But he's I don't see autism when there were very, very clear signs. And it just goes to show that even if a person has MD behind their name, that they may not be fully aware or, you know, of, of all of the early signs of autism. And it's, it's concerning because Mm -hmm. how many kids are going at that exact age to these pediatricians and parents are, have these questions. And so it's really frustrating. Um, It's so true. Yeah. I remember the pediatrician, one thing she said in that, that short appointment was, look, he just walked right up to me. And I mm. thought, what the heck does that have to do? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that may look like an interaction, but I think he was walking up to you because you had a chair that was swiveling and he was in Yes, yeah. You know, it's little things like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, so you are, um, are you receiving services or your son's receiving services to this day? What does that look like? Yeah, it's it's tough. We've been we've been up and down. He's getting services through uh, the public school right mm-hmm. now. Um, we did have an OT off island that we went to, and she moved to a different job. And I haven't really replaced her with anything because we do um, to get off our island. It is about an hour ferry ride. Oh wow! Um, and then it's yeah, and then it's about an hour to an hour and a half drive to Seattle. Um, and right now my son enjoys going to, uh, what we call the big city, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we, we did go through phases where, uh, he didn't like the fairies and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. Um, because you know, they're loud and mm-hmm. big sure. and you know, there was just a phase where it was not working for him. But so right now it's primarily through the school. We also, we have a local, um, SLP, who's on a different island, but she just had a baby. So I feel like this happens to me a lot, that I work really hard to find, you know, good matches and good services and how to get to them. And then, obviously, they have a life change, like all of us do. And then Mm -hmm. I have to start over. And it's just, it's tough. It's, you know, I don't think there's not a day where I don't think, oh, my gosh, i got to be doing more. Yeah. Um, But it's you know, it's, it comes in waves and I, you know, we have, we have an appointment coming up, um, at the Seattle Autism Center here pretty soon, but I feel like sometimes, honestly, I get stuck in that, let's go there for another evaluation and then nothing comes out of it. So I'm, I'm kind of over that at this point, mm-hmm. you know, we cut, we know his challenges, we have enough documented, um, now we kind of need to get into what can he actually do academically because I don't think any of us can answer that question yet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something, you know, some days you see this absolute brilliance and think, oh, my goodness. And then, you know, then you see another kid his age and go, oh, geez, you know, what what are we actually dealing with here? I don't know any of us can, can answer that. So, right. yes, he did have ABA um, as a kid after we sh- after we moved here so from about three to five mm-hmm. um we found an amazing bcba in seattle who actually found a a gal who's a good friend of mine here who's a who's an early education specialist and she actually trained to be her aba therapist here and they would 
uh, do virtual meetings once a week, and then the, the BCBA would come up here once a month, and we'd sit down and review everything. So it was, oh, awesome. that was another thing that we all, I just never took no from an answer from her. I just said, no, you're coming up. The islands are great. You'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was great, but then, you know, about five, uh, the therapist needed to move on, and, you know, I think my son was kind of done with it at that point, too. I do really believe in those services, but that's something that uh, is really, really hard to get up here, but I'm, I'm glad we did it in the early days um, yeah. and just kind of got that going. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the um, ABA therapy was a route that we went as well. It was something that seemed to click, you know, for Alex. And he no longer does the ABA therapy, but he does, like your son, have some services written into his IEP at school because he just started kindergarten in August. And so I'm excited just to see how he's going to blossom at school. You know, it's I always say it's just so, I feel like maybe as a special needs parent, every little single thing is such a milestone. And just looking back, like it's so much can change in a short Mm -hmm. period of time. And just to see how they're, you know, growing into and becoming their own, you know, unique little, little person, little man. It's so cool. And looking back just a year ago, and then a year before that, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really exciting to see how much progress that that they're going to make. Because I I fully do believe that with every tool that we can provide them, they can reach their potential and that potential is different for everyone, but why not give them every tool that they, they have, or we have like at our disposal Mm -hmm. to make sure they reach that full potential. Yeah. Yeah. When we first started my son at the public school, it was, um, you know, we had just uprooted our lives, had just gotten here and the principal was, it, it was, horrible like I I, I mm. should have probably sued them <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know not something that I do or what you know I wouldn't even know how to do that but <laughs> yeah but they it it did not go well but at this point we have a, and he's he's pretty much with paras all day he has one in the morning one in the afternoon um you know the the OT he's actually worked with for four years now the SLT is fantastic I think she's two or three years in with him. So we have a really good staff right now, but in a smaller community, I do kind of hold my breath like, oh gosh, I mm-hmm. hope this doesn't change or when is this going to change? Or probably any community, we all feel that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's we've had definitely our ups and downs at the public school. He was in a private school as well, but at some point it got to the point where they can't, you're still going to get the services that he needs in his IEP from the public school. So do you move him back and forth? Yeah. Um, and it kind of felt like we, that they didn't have to work with us. You know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's tricky. He's got, you know, quite a few behaviors and um, mm-hmm. pretty emotional. And, you know, he's very loving and kind as well. But at some point, you, the public school is the option. And um, yeah, right now, like I said, the staff is great, but he's, He's pretty much in general education for only about an hour a day at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's pretty much with his teachers and therapists because um, there's not a lot of other kids that have special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, his 
general ed class is only about 25 kids, and it's first, second, and third, even though there's there's other first and second grade classes. But it's small classes, and, you, you know, that's something that you kind of just adjust to and yeah. just makes it a little different, but... Well, that's good that he's able to get more one-on-one attention, that they are able Mm -hmm. to provide that for him. That's that's really, really cool because you don't hear that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely necessary. And they and they take his success seriously right now. The staff does, you know, they really the the special education teacher, I believe, is kind of her title. Says, well, I'm not going anywhere because he's my person. Like, I want to see him be successful, you know. So that's that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really kind of started looking at your page for, just because I love art, is your art, and not only that, but it's like I read a little bit like a bio, like you're an IT woman, but then you're drawing pictures. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on with this lady? She's so cool and interesting. Thank you. You're so nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a strange combination, but (laughs) to me, it makes complete sense. Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I I was amazed by the story behind it. And I'm, I really want to share that with other people. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so my my son is is mostly verbal at this point at seven. I mean, he's still, there's, there's a couple of times a day where you still think, what did he just say? Um, and most of what he says is still um, what I consider echolalia, right? So it's from shows and things that he's watched. Mm-hmm. So he, he became verbal, you know, started really speaking at maybe around four, um, and so between four and five and six in that range, there was a lot of frustration of people don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, an example of that I remember when he was little was he would say, Bosoma whale. And I was like, Oh, it's that sperm whale. What is it? And so we got to the point where he would go to his show and he would show it to me. So he would, so then finally he showed me that Bosoma whale was sperm whale <laughs> in his octonaut show. And so he's always oh, kind yeah. of used that echolalia and the things that he likes to try to communicate. Like sometimes he will, if he's, um, if dad's gone and he misses him, he will find a show about a, a, you know, a little bear show about missing his dad or something Aww. like that. So so he's always kind of used that to communicate. I, I don't think he would be as verbal now if he didn't have that kind of ability to make that connection. Sure. Um, so to tie into that, he wants, he likes to hold things in his hands, kind of a, like I explained with the sticks, and to use those. And so when we were going through some really tough phases between four and five, I he wanted things out of his shows to hold in his hand to be able to kind of make that a reality and to play with it. And so we were also going through the phase where if he lost a toy, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> look out. <laughs> yeah. So I was searching on eBay and all these different places to try to find these unusual toys. And by the way, if there were two of them, I bought two. <laughs> um and so it was just kind of the way that he was finding comfort after we moved and, you know, was having communication challenges of no one understanding him and so one day he kind of he wanted um it was from the wild crafts I'll never forget it and it was a you know octo walrus octo shark octo whale I mean it's not something that anyone has ever produced (laughs) in plastic toy form and so 
I, I had tried a few times before to draw things for him to try to replace that need for actually physically buying a toy, uh, which gets really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so for these ones, it finally stuck, and I drew them, and he would bring them up on his show, and I would take a picture of it with my iPhone, and then I would draw it and hand it to him so he could play with it. And then that just kind of took off from there. So it now I get to the point where I draw them, I um, laminate them with tape because he takes them everywhere he goes. He takes them to school or in his backpack so he can play with them. And then he acts out the scenes in the show using those drawings. Wow. Um, and while I'm drawing, it gives us like a chance to play and interact. So now he has his own, it's an old one, of course, but his own iPhone where he'll take pictures of things that he sees in the show and then hand me his camera and I'll draw them. And then kind of while I'm drawing, he kind of runs back and forth and plays and waits for the next one and then tells me what's coming. So it it gives us a chance to play. It gives us something to play with. Um, you know, so we have kind of a drawing room now, and he's really gotten into the photography part of taking pictures, and now he'll delete ones that he doesn't like, and so, I mean, there were definitely Saturdays when all this started where I was, he'd say, okay, mom, I need A through Z, and I thought, oh my goodness, (laughs) I'm going to be sitting here drawing (laughs) the leapfrog A to Z character for the next three hours, um, but it's been amazing, and I love it. And actually, he it's given him just a, another thing to play with. I mean, right now, his floor is just covered with drawings um, because we were playing with them. And I, you know, I'm one of those parents since I know it took us a long time to interact and play. I mean, we're still working on turn-taking yeah. um, in his therapy that if he wants to sprawl everything out on the floor of his room, I am all for it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yep. let's play. So... Yeah, there are so many drawings now that most of what he wants he can find. So now I can just do four or five versus 20. Yeah, you're <laughs> getting one, a library together. Sitting. Yeah, but no, I love it. I, I grew up loving to draw and, and loving art and um, just illustrations in that way. Um, but I hadn't done it in a long time. So it was such a nice piece for me too to just kind of be able to come back to that and I love doing it and creating it for him and it's it's a fun break for me since I yeah I'm I've been in uh, the technical field for over 20 years so that's definitely a different part of my brain that's (laughs) nice to have the art and the techie world um, together so I love it I could have never imagined that we would be doing this or that this would have helped us in so many ways but Um, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah, for everybody. You know, it's so cool that you are now getting to do something that you used to spend time doing. It's so funny how it just kind of circles back around because I have dabbled in art. I mean, I, I am not good by any means. I'm not definitely not great, but it is therapeutic. And, you know, just to be able to kind of submerse yourself into a different world, if even for just a brief period of time to create something that's allowing you to bond with your son, that's incredible. Yeah, we, we love it. It's, it's, and you know, the more I do it, I feel like the, 
the better I'm getting, which is kind of fun. You know, if I look back at the first ones I did to the ones I do now, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of getting fun and more. Yeah, I do like doing it a lot. It's it's um, it's been, you know, just one of those unexpected things that when you become the mom of an autistic boy, you don't really know what it's going to look like. And then yeah. little things like this come up that you never could have imagined that it's it's refreshing. It's nice to have different things that you can do together yeah. in ways that you wouldn't have expected. So. so do you use art now as an outlet, kind of like a self-care thing? Like do you, do you draw other pictures or your drawings are specifically for your son? Yeah, it's a good question. I would love to. I am not good at self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, you know, I really want to get better, but I have, you know, my job is a 24-7 job, obviously. Yeah. And um, taking care of my son is a 24-7 job. We're, we're at the point where he won't let me out of his sight, which has been that way for a couple of years. But yeah. um, so that's tough. But I have, I would love to do my own stuff. You know, I finally have sat down a couple of times where I've, you know, doodled a few things that are my own. I would, I would love to have the time after I put him to bed to kind of do some of my own stuff. I did, uh, make him a book last, uh, Christmas and it was kind of from a, from one of his shows where they started the story, but didn't finish it. The whole part, the whole show was that the book didn't have an ending and so I kind of started the book, and then I finished it for him. So that was oh, that was cool. fun to actually make a book and hand it to him. And so that was, you know, I, I had goals of doing another one for this year, but I'm not exactly sure what the date is right now, so I might be running out of time. Um, but no, it, I do think it is a form of self-care just to sit down and relax into it and not think about everything else going on and just interact with him and play so I I look forward to doing it more and just seeing where it continues to go yeah you're right yeah. the cool thing about the drawing is that there's something that you're already doing and it's something obviously that you're really great at I think I was becoming stressed at one point because people were constantly questioning me about what I was doing for self-care and like you I'm absolutely terrible at it I don't know how to do it <laughs> because the guilt is real yeah. you know right And, uh, you know, especially, you know, those of us who are also, you know, working, have other jobs and stuff, too. And, of course, being a parent is the number one job, you know, just raising a human being. And but I was I was getting myself so stressed, worrying about how I was going to take care of myself like okay I've got to schedule self-care I've got to schedule self-care and I'm like I'm I'm stressing myself out more about how I'm going to schedule and take care of myself than just actually taking care of myself none of it made sense so true so true yeah I mean it's I would love to you know go out with my girlfriends and you know do that stuff more but he it's just not in the cards and my friends that are understand me we work around that you know yeah. we go for walks during the day when he's in school or you know we, we find other ways to kind of do it and I'm okay with that you know it is things will change he's only seven and yeah. you're exactly right stressing about what you can't do in life is not 
a good way to relieve your stress. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And self-care yeah. looks very different for everyone. People are like, do you take care of yourself? When was the last time you got a massage? Well, sometimes massages, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but sometimes massages kind of stress me out. I don't, I don't know. I'm right there with you. You know? No, right so it's you. like, yeah. that may not be my self-care. Um, right. So. I made it to the dentist, you know, sitting in the <laughs> dentist chair and actually making it to that appointment. That's my Oh, that's self-care. <laughs> that's a good 20 minutes. You don't have to focus on anything. <laughs> right. So that's so neat. I am, I'm just really excited to, to just get to know you more and get to know your family. And we are, I mean, very literally on very opposite ends of the country. So I wish that we were closer because I'd love to go and take a walk with you. Um, Yeah, me too. I love your podcast. So it's, yeah, I I love, love everything that you're doing. I think the advocacy part is is a big deal. So it's, it's awesome what you do. Yeah, well, thank you so much. It's amazing how it has been able to bring so many wonderful people together and be able to provide a platform for people like you to share your story because we all deserve to have our story shared and you know we all are learning from each other and I think that's super duper important because every single person that I talk to always shares a nugget of information that I hadn't thought about before yeah Um, yeah I think um yeah being on a social media platform. I mentioned this a little bit before, but it was just all of a sudden hit me, especially being in a small community, that I had to start sharing. You know, a lot of people just don't, they hear the word autism, but they don't know what it really looks like. And every day there was something coming up that I thought, you know, this would be important to share or just so people can be aware of it or I can start talking about it. And I really have found an awesome community of people virtually that I just really help me day to day, you know, yeah. just to see that you're not alone. And here, you know, I, I really look forward to doing more in my community from an advocacy standpoint. And, you know, the, the, um, the feet organization that you talked to, that was really inspiring. Yeah. I think we have one in Washington. So to kind of look at that and, yeah. you know, help, help businesses get autism aware. And I mean, I just think there's so much you can do and it's just, so educational and it helps to share what's going on you know as well to help other people so it's it's pretty great (laughs) yeah and it and it's just empowering I think you know not only to ourselves but to others too we've all kind of experienced that feeling of isolation that loneliness and not quite sure how we reveal kind of the things that we may be struggling with and of course, the last couple of years, for sure, you know, the our society is starting to be more vocal about mental illness and, you know, depression and what that looks like and, and how it's okay to share things that you're going through. And I feel like that once I did start sharing a little bit about my emotions and just being really honest with others, I started becoming more honest with myself. And that Mm -hmm. was good. I really, really needed to be in that place because that ushered in the healing part of it. And 
now it's yeah Yeah. I just I feel really good about it and I think that there's freedom and honesty and girlfriend I love your honesty (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can live any other way it's just kind of who I am (laughs) yeah well no I applaud you for it you're gonna do and you are doing just amazing things for your son and it doesn't it goes to show that it doesn't matter how large your community is small or large you can make a significant footprint in that community um to to advocate for your child and for others so great job thank you there's you know so much more to do but it um, once you get started and, and have a couple of wins or just kind of get a few years underneath your feet of what it actually means mm-hmm. to advocate for your child, it then the sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, at least we hope so. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's really. Um, it's all about you know making the tidal waves and you know we're stronger together. So. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad to have you as part of my tribe now, and I know that we're going to stay connected. I'm going to keep stalking you on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I love your podcast. I love when anyone comes out so I can listen to it. So right back at (laughs) you. Thank you so much, Megan. Well, let's chat soon. We will, definitely. Thank you so much. Parents have a huge influence over a child's development and happiness. But this influence can look extremely different from family to family. No textbooks, no manuals, but each family trying to figure out how to best parent their child that has come into this world with their own temperaments, their own personalities, and their own strengths and weaknesses. We teach our children and they teach us. That's what's so awesome. To everyone out there putting forth what I know to be an amazing effort to support our kiddos, thank you so much. Keep up the great work, and thanks for being a part of my autism tribe. See you next week.